Hello, and welcome to Put Your Right Foot Forward podcast with Dr. Danny Aronovitz. Each week, we get to the heart of what it looks like to do the right thing in podiatry, medicine, and life. We're interviewing physicians in various fields who are doing the right thing for patients as they treat them and help them with health issues. We get real about medical issues, how to work with everyone who walks through our doors, and how to use our experiences to inform every area of our practice. Some of our episodes won't have a medical slant and are inspiring in their own right. These stories will reset your compass to be more more aligned with people who are doing the right thing. Get ready to get to the soul of your practice with Dr. Danny Aronovitz on another episode of Put Your Right Foot Forward podcast. Hello and welcome to another podcast of Put Your Right Foot Forward. This is Danny Aronovitz and today I'm sitting down with Michael Fournier. Michael is a resident of Royal Oak, Michigan. Not only is he a resident, he is the mayor of Royal Oak, Michigan. He's been the mayor since 2016. He's been on the city commission since 2011. And Michael, thanks for joining us in our podcast today. Thanks for having me, Danny. All right. It's great to have you. Um, Just a brief um, background, how we met. And I don't think this will uh, violate any HIPAA violations, but Michael was a patient of mine. And uh, I heard his story kind of uh, during one of his visits. And I thought he would be a great person to bring to the podcast today. And I'm glad to be accepted. Uh, I want to give our listeners just a little bit of background about Royal Oak. Um, Royal Oak currently has a population of about 60 or 65,000 people. Uh, They have a median age of 37 or 38 years old. Um, Back in the 1970s, the population was as high as 80,000. It dipped down a little bit, but it's really, really much on the flow side now uh, instead of the ebb side. And um, it's probably a really exciting time to be part of Royal Oak, isn't it, Mike? It really is. It really is. A lot of great stuff going on. We're enduring an amazing renaissance at this time. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a very close neighbor, Royal Oak, uh, uh, which is um, northwest of Detroit, for those of you listening out of town. And it's amazing that this city has so much going on. It's like, it's a small city, it's small population, but it has so many things. It has a major hospital system. It has tons of restaurants. It has culture. It has parks. It has a great school system. I mean, what do you attribute that all to? Well, I think, uh, you know, the first part would be, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Royal Oak is, you know, geographically at the center of Metro Detroit, which, you know, has about four to five million people, depending on how you calculate it. Uh, We're right at the crossroads of 696 and I-75, as well as Woodward Avenue. Um, we're probably the most densely populated part of Oakland County and Southeast Oakland County. So there's a lot there, you know, clay to work with out of the gate. I think we have, you know, in a, in a, in a region that was built around the automobile, I think we have something that's pretty unique, which garners a lot of attention. Our downtown uh, is, is, a, is a quintessential American downtown. Um, we're really a, the cross section of America. We have such a diverse and um, welcoming group of people that live here. We have businesses, like you mentioned, um, restaurants, retail shops that you can't find anywhere else. We have neighborhoods as diverse as our people. Um, we have a school district that's really, really strong. Um, and, uh, and so I think that really lends ourselves to um, all the, the great things you see going on, not just in our downtown, but in our neighborhoods. Right. So before we dive back down into Royal Oak and what's going on in Royal Oak and why it's such a vibrant part of the Detroit metropolitan area, I want our viewers to get to know Michael a little bit. Um, How long have you resided in Royal Oak? My goodness. Um, My whole adult life. So I'm going to say about 17, 18 years now. Okay, terrific. And 
Are your kids in the public school system? They are. They are. Uh, they, they, uh, I have yeah. one at Royal Oak Middle School, nice. and I got two uh, of our younger ones. They're in uh, Keller Elementary. Excellent. Excellent. How many different homes have you had in Royal Oak? Just one. Just one. Just one. Okay. And I understand there's a lot of additions and different things that you've done to that to, so that you could stay there with your family. Yeah. As our family's grown, we've made some changes to the house. Uh, it's, it's evolved over time. I think I'm on my uh, third kitchen renovation at this point. Um, bought the house when I was a very young man. Not sure how I afforded it uh, on my salary uh, right out of college, but uh, eventually got married to my high school sweetheart. She moved in and uh, we began a family together. Um, so over time, we, you know, decided, okay, what do we do? We, we have three kids now. We're in a, you know, a house that, uh, you know, was a little smaller on, on the bungalow side. And we made the decision to invest in our house. And we did a big addition, brought it up to, to all the electrical and code and plumbing code and put a new roof on, did all that great stuff. And um, we just love our neighborhood. Uh, we love Royal Oak. Uh, we couldn't think or imagine of moving or living anywhere else. That's really nice. Um, I want to back our listeners up even a little bit further because this is, I think, the thing that really hooked me to Michael's whole story. How many generations in your family do you recall or do you know back to? Oh, well, uh, that's a challenge on my father's side. On my mother's side, we can go back a couple generations. Uh, my parents actually immigrated uh, to Michigan from Canada. Um, it wasn't a big change for my mother. She grew up in Sarnia and um, spoke English very fluently. Uh, my father, uh, French is his native tongue, and uh, he moved here um, again in the late 60s. Um, got drafted actually into the U.S. military at that time. And was he more from Quebec or where was he from? Yeah, so so he eventually, he moved to Sarnia, spent a lot of time in Sarnia. His father got a job, my grandfather in Sarnia, working at the fiberglass factory. Uh, but but our family roots are around the Sudbury, uh, Espanola area. In fact, uh, my dad's uncle, Uncle Ivan, was, I believe, the mayor of Espanola, Ontario as well. So there is some, uh, <laughs> it might be hereditary uh, to some extent. Um, but, but, uh, yeah. So if you go back 400 years ago, I think we can, we can, um, our ancestry, we were one of the, the first, um, uh, French, uh, contingency to come over here, uh, and populate new France. And I believe if you, if you believe some of the, the genealogy, um, there was a, a captain or a colonel in the French army that, that came here in the, the mid to late 1600s. And I think that's the start of the, the Fournays here. So we've been in North America a long time, although my family is relatively new to, the, to Michigan. Interesting. So who do you think was most influential upon your decision to serve civically, to be a mayor, to do the right thing, to step forward and to, to live the life you're living now? Well, certainly my father. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is a guy that I look up to, uh, not in just in what he's accomplished in his life, uh, but just from a uh, personality perspective from you know, having a, a solid golden heart, uh, a kind man, uh, a hardworking man. Um, he came over to this country, moved to Flint, Michigan, moved into the basement of the Laternos, and finally got a job at GM. Uh, but before that, um, like I said, he was drafted into the U.S. military, ended up making a, a career uh, part-time in the military. So wow. he was in the National Guard for, I think, 34 years, wow. uh, retired with a pension, um, you know, was involved in several different deployments, uh, including when I was in sixth grade, um, he had to leave us and go to Desert Storm. And he was over there with the 144th MP company out of Owasso. And so, you know, my whole life, I witnessed my father, a hardworking man working in the shop at GM, uh, and then often on weekends, uh, spending time serving his community and his country. 
And so um, as a young man, uh, certainly when I was, you know, in my twenties, I wasn't really focused on anyone but myself, but as I got a little older, um, I kind of took some cues and especially from my dad who I really respect and thought, you know, maybe, maybe I get involved in my community. Maybe I'm not a soldier. Maybe, you know, it's too late for me to join the army. Uh, but some opportunities came up to serve on the library board and the parks and rec board in Royal Oak. And I, uh, signed up and here we are today. Wow. This guy is so great. Michael, you're so great for our podcast. I mean, maybe we're hearing now that some of this uh, drive and this intestinal fortitude comes from the family first. And certainly you've seen by example, your family, your parents putting the right foot forward, doing the best that they can, doing things that are uh, civically minded and great for all kinds of people. That's, that's wonderful. Michael's background too, education wise, he's an MSU grad and uh, got his MBA at the University of Notre Dame. Is that correct? That's right. How was your time there? Oh, amazing time. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame's a great school. Michigan State, uh, uh, you know what? I give a lot of uh, credit to Michigan State. I'm not sure that I was college bound uh, when I was a young man. I was perfectly happy working in the restaurant. I started off working, I was about 14 years old, believe it or not, as a, as a dish dog at Italia Gardens uh, restaurant, uh, working in the Davison location and in the Flint location. Uh, made my way up to you know, grill cook and then eventually line cook. And I feel like by the time I left, I was running the kitchen on Friday and Saturday nights. Um, but you know, I met a young lady uh, in my government class of all places, uh, Nicole, who's now my wife. And she was very driven and smart. And I found out she's going to Michigan State. And I said, well, you know what, maybe I work a little extra hard, uh, focus on my math and science courses, boost my grades up a bit, and uh, thank goodness uh, they accepted me. And I think it's changed my life right. uh, ever since. So Michigan State gave me an opportunity that I don't think I was really bound for. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I turned it around. I think you can see my grades uh, at Michigan State were far better. Go Spartans. Go Spartans. Right. Spartan Nation. Okay, a little plug for the MSU. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to do that at all. Um, I want you to know uh, our listeners out there. So we've told you that Michael is the mayor of Royal Oak, but what was astonishing to me is his time management. That's not his only job. Michael, what's your other job that you do? Yeah, so I work in the auto industry uh, for a tier one supplier uh, focused on you know working with OEMs to bring new technologies, connected services into the portfolio. Certainly we're seeing a lot of the collision of Silicon Valley and Motor City happen right now. So that job, you know, keeps me busy. A lot of great opportunities. Um, but yeah, the, the mayor, the city job is, is essentially a volunteer job. I will disclose, I do get paid $40 a meeting uh, every wow. other week. So that $80 a month, um, you know, is, is, is compensation. It usually is spent on babysitters and, uh, you know, hamburgers after the meeting, but um, <laughs> there is some compensation. So by now our listeners are getting the idea that you are one of these people who I'm looking for in these podcasts to put their right foot forward you're, you're taking on more than your share. You're making sure that the campground is better than the way you found it. And I think that's a sterling example for a lot of people to follow out there. We wet our beak a little bit with some facts about Royal Oak in the beginning, but for such a small per capita place, they've had a lot of notable famous people. I've made some notes. We've had a lot of ice skaters that have come out of Royal Oak, Alexandra Aldridge, Merrill Davis, Charlie White. There's been some actors that have come out of, of Royal Oak, Bruce Campbell, who I've met personally before, um, Sam Raimi, uh, the famous director of uh, Spider-Man as a Royal Oak um, native. Um, Keegan-Michael Key is a Royal Oak native. There's been professional basketball, baseball, golf, football players that have all come out of Royal Oak. 
famous authors that have written novels that have come out of Royal Oak. It's an incredible community. I think it just is one of these communities that is so diverse and, and so welcoming and so embellishing that just people thrive there. Is it, that what you're thinking? It, it is. Uh, you know, there's just so much to offer and enrich uh, anyone's life that um, I think what you find is folks, you know, live and enjoy a very well-balanced existence in Royal Oak. I mean, most of us live within a very close distance to our downtown. Um, you don't get that in a lot of communities in Southeast Michigan. Um, our, we have over 50 parks and 12 square miles. Unbelievable. Um, so recreation is a big part of our DNA here in Royal Oak. And I think, you know, we're in a big metropolis uh, like Metro Detroit. Um, and I'm not knocking any other community. Certainly I'm, I'm biased uh, towards Royal Oak, but I really think we have a genuine sense of community. And we have a genuine sense of community within our community. All of our neighborhoods are really strong. The neighborhood uh, associations, the block parties. Um, it's, just, it's just a place where people don't exist, but we truly live here in Royal Oak. Yeah, I live right across the street from Royal Oak and, and I ended up on the other side of Woodward from where Michael lives, but I can attest to the neighborhoods there. These are sidewalk walk neighborhoods. These are families that care about each other. They know where their kids are. There's community sense there. It seems to be an old slice of America that still exists in Royal Oak and it's really, really nice to see. Yeah, I'll just give you an example of that. I mean, just the other day, yesterday, we had, what, four inches of snow, five we inches sure of did. snow. The big first snowfall that we've had. I'm a little sore from shoveling. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. But, um, you know, the, the, the great, I mean, and actually, I didn't have to shovel as much because one of my neighbors was snow plowing his, uh, you know, sidewalk, and he came and he did, you know, a strip of all the neighbors. And, and you find that every time we have a snow uh, storm the neighbor you know we kind of it's almost a competition can we get out there and get everyone else's sidewalk done before they do ours and so the whole street you can see everyone helping each other out uh, to make sure that our sidewalks are navigable but also you know it was a kind neighborly gesture like we care about each other we try to express love uh, to each other and uh, this is a way we do it when uh, we have you know a big snowfall so just a testament to what you're saying yeah uh, the neighborhoods are really strong we know each other and uh you know we help each other yeah good deeds lead to other good deeds and i think if we can do that and start in our neighborhoods i think the world will probably be a better place as well um i just want to throw out just a couple other big names in royal oak um you know the late jack kevorkian uh, was a royal oak uh, um, resident and if any of you have followed the Flint water crisis, uh, Mona Hanna Atisha, who's been a big physician up in Flint, a big advocate for um, disclosing what happened in Flint, she's also a Royal Oak native. And of course, uh, the head of General Motors right now, Mary Barra, she is from Royal Oak as well. Um, tell me about, I read a lot about these cities now who are putting together their city services because it's getting harder and harder for the cities to afford great city services. Now, Royal Oak has probably a tax base with a lot of commercial and, and, and restaurant people, not just residents, but is this a problem in Royal Oak? Have you had to cut back on city services at all? Well, certainly with the Great Recession, um, every municipality and school district in the state of Michigan um, saw a tremendous decrease in the amount of revenue uh, collected. Um, we had, I think in the, the mid to late 90s, Proposal A uh, was voted in by voters. And um, overall, you know, the idea is that we don't want to tax people out of their homes. Great. So tax increases are limited. Uh, I'm for that. I want to make sure that, you know, when, you be, when you're retired, you can stay in the house that you bought 20 years ago. It enriches all of our lives to have, you know, folks from all generations living in our neighborhoods. Uh, but the Headley Amendment is something that was added in the last minute 
which uh, basically said that um, overall, as a school district or as a city, the most you can collect uh, can be no more than 5% or the rate of inflation, whatever is less. And so what we saw in Royal Oak and, and many other communities is our, um, what we paid in taxes went down significantly. Um, and even though we've seen a lot of new homes, a lot of uh, folks investing in their homes, new buildings going up, uh, refurbishments, um, we actually have to scale back our millage rate. So uh, even though people are opting in, volunteering, you know, hey, I'll pay more, I have a bigger house, uh, the total amount we've collected um, is actually, um, you know, is, is capped by the Headley Amendment. So uh, a while back, we talked to our voters, we said, you know, public safety is our number one priority, and we have to have a public safety millage. Now we put some conditions on it that it will be renewed every five years. Uh, you know, if we happen to catch up and have a windfall or if the state changes its laws. Um, and so that's been very helpful in our community. I think we all bound together and, and we have a great respect for our firefighters and our, our police officers. And so um, that's, been a, that's been a big help. Um, it's also led to the fact that at least in my tenure since 2011, crime is down 50% wow. in the last 10 years. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're doing the right things. People step up. Coordinating with other cities, uh, we do have, um, you know, uh, agreements with other communities for fire service and ambulatory service. Um, we are 60,000 people. We have 25,000 buildings in our community. Um, a lot of things we can do ourselves just because it, it makes sense financially. Um, but yeah, I, I, even from the state of Michigan, there are certain incentives. If you're working and coordinating with other municipalities, you, you do get certain perks and grants and things like that. Uh, we're always looking at those options, but uh, it's been a struggle for cities. I mean, where you've seen General Motors rebound, you've seen a lot of other companies out of the Great Recession rebound. It's not that way in the public sector. We're still, especially in the state of Michigan, I think we rank last. Wow. <laughs> so uh, as far yeah. as um, governments being able to recover from the Great Recession. Right. So a, a lot of you're attracting a lot of young families back to Royal Oak. And that's really, you know, that's the that's the feeder for the whole city. Sure. I mean, if you have have a good distribution of young, middle aged and older folks. Tell me about the school system in Royal Oak. Have you had to ever pass a tough millage to improve the school system? Because I know you want your schools to be great because you want to attract great sure. educators. What's happened in Royal Oak with that? Yeah, I mean, I think number one, we want our schools to be great because it's the right thing to do. It's the moral cause of every human to make sure that the generation um, that succeeds you has all the tools they need to be successful. And um, public education has been instrumental in this country as far as advancing you know, our um, economic climate, but is also the quality of life we endure in this country. So um, our school district uh, recently just passed a millage. Um, again, there are some, some state laws that uh, uh, prevent us from doing certain things, but um, we were able to invest in our high school and make sure we had you know, some of the state-of-the-art uh, laboratories and, and um, assets for kids to learn and learn in a new way, not necessarily uh, what we see in a traditional classroom sense. Um, the city, we work very closely with the school board and with the um, uh, school administration. Uh, I think that that relationship has really gotten stronger over the years and we figure out ways that we can improve um, the quality of life for our shared residents. Um, but the schools here in Royal Oak, I think, are remarkable. What I love about our schools, Danny, is that, and I think this is a true advantage, I drop my kid off, you know, every morning or I pick them up and in the parking lot, you can have a Tesla and a truck that's being held together with duct tape. And then, you know, my car with a you know, couple hundred thousand miles on it and, uh, you know, just, you know, a mediocre automobile. You see parents all talking and enjoying from all different walks of life, all different economic backgrounds. Respecting all each other every day. Cultural, religious, different colors. I mean, it is an, it's almost this 
you know, utopia of humanity. And I think my kids and any kid in the Royal Oak Public Schools are going to be far better off and prepared for this world um, when they graduate because they're getting an excellent education, but they're also being exposed to people from all different walks of life, which is enriching, but also uh, helps, I think, uh, as they prepare for this brave new world. Before we finish off and talk about some other great things in Royal Oak, I, I want our listeners out there to realize that this self-sustaining city is really amazing. I mean, it's like a mini metropolis. It's like you could, you could get the same cultural experiences in Royal Oak almost as like going to Chicago or Boston or New York. It's, it's really a slice of heaven over there, but every city has some of its dark times, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to mention these things, not because I want them to have publicity, but I want the people and the listeners out there to know that we still respect things that happened. Royal Oak had a post office shooting, you know, in 1991, which was terrible and it was really eye-opening. It was one of the first really broadcast shootings that was on there. And the city kind of rebounded from that. It took a while and it was, it still hurts, but it, I think the city, its residents and everybody got together and, and, and got through that. It was a hard time, wasn't it? Yeah. It was something that I don't think, unfortunately is, too common today, um, epidemic today. Uh, but this was your first, you know, sort of national attention to a workplace shooting. I mean, you're here going postal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a community, these wounds will never go away. We do the best that we can do to heal. Um, in fact, a, an interesting uh, sideline to that story is thinking more contemporarily. We had a, um, uh, on Woodward Avenue, uh, a proprietor go in and actually, you know, one of these uh, UPS stores, I don't want to bring UPS into this, but you know, where you can go and package things. And sure. it was called, the name of it was called Going Postal. And it was just amazing to me. Now the city can't prevent anyone from calling as long as they're following all the ordinances and everything. But it was very interesting to see the city um, and our community kind of come together and not you know, have rage or anger, but really try to educate and, you know, explain why this, I mean, in general, this is it's kind of a, a bad name, name, but yeah, but it, you know, it, it seems a little bit really distasteful considering, you know, um, that uh, sad chapter in Royal Oaks history. And so uh, the place isn't in business right now. Uh, I believe it, it left, but, um, but I was very proud of our community because it was one of these things that could easily go really sour uh, and, and turn very, very nasty. But you know, our community members took the high road and wanted to have more of a dialogue and conversation and remember that this yes, wasn't too long. Re-educating people to disasters and things that are bad. That's really important to, to, to moving forward as a culture. Right. So really great. Um, so we talked about William Beaumont Hospital a little bit. You've got a great thriving farmer's market in Royal Oak. Um, Oakland Community College has a campus in Royal Oak. Mm -hmm. You're part of the Detroit Zoo. There's a railway system that goes through Royal Oak that connects. Get on the Amtrak, go to Chicago, go no to, problem. Absolutely. Go to Chicago. It's easy. Um, and they have the Dream Cruise, which is a big draw in the summer. Yeah. Um, so the city is getting bigger. It is. It's got a lot of things going on. And um, one of the quotes I pulled up about you is you always want to maintain this small town sense of community. So how do you stop Royal Oak from just going way over the top and becoming some uber city? How do you keep that smallness to it, that's mentality uh, in both, both the way that residents perceive it and both the way that it's perceived from other communities? It's a challenge indeed, because if you make a place really, really attractive, uh, people will spend a lot of money to move here and live here. And that drives, you know, private developers to build certain types of housing stock, 
certain types of commercial investment. Um, you know, I think the, the thing that usually irritates me sometimes is when somebody says, oh, well, let's be like this city. I won't mention them or that city. And, you know, I think what, what our, every decision that comes in front of us, big and small, I think it's important for the commissioners and for the community at large to say, you know, who are we? What's in our DNA? And how do we become the very best version of ourselves? We don't want to be like anybody else. We want to make sure that um, our neighbors, you know, share the same values that we share. We want to make sure that, you know, the businesses that we attract here are the types of businesses that are eclectic and different and quirky, uh, places that you can't, you know, go anywhere else uh, to, to, to really uh, enjoy. Um, but it's a challenge. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't have a magic wand. We're not dictators. We can't control a lot of things that happen in the private marketplace. But the things that we decide to incentivize, the things that we decide to give variances to, um, you know, there is some control that we have. Uh, but I think also to, you know, running a city is not just, you know, the brick and mortar, making sure the roads are plowed, making sure the sewer lines are working, making sure the fire department and cops show up when they're called and, you know, maintaining our parks. But we've done a lot of things I'm proud of. I mean, we're a city that is a welcoming city. Um, we're a city that passed a human rights ordinance. We are a city um, where I'm part of the Climate Mayors um, Association. So uh, there are things that we've done that um, aren't just, you know, the blocking and tackling that go about, you know, beyond that, sure. that really speak to our values. And I think, and I won't say it's branding, but I'll think that anyone that wants to live here or place their business roots here, um, they know the type of, of values that we hold. And I think um, those are the types of people that will visit here, move here and operate their business here. And I think that's the best way that we can kind of keep our identity. Yes, we're going to have to build up. We're going to, we're getting more dense. You know, people want to live in say they, people don't want to live in drywall castles, right. you know, in a farm field and commute an hour and a half to work anymore. Right. Um, but we're smart about what we're doing infrastructure wise and what we're doing planning wise, but we still can't lose sight of the things that make us unique and that make us um, who we are and any opportunity that we have to underscore those values. Uh, we do. So you're self-policing it, but there are some cities around the country that have historical societies uh, that actually approve and disapprove of things. Is there anything in place in Royal Oak for that? Yeah, we have a very strong um, historical uh, society. We have a couple different commissions. Um, in fact, the farmer's market you mentioned, we're looking at doing a historical designation of the farmer's market to protect it in the future to make sure that, you know, um, a future generation of commissioners can't come in and say, oh, well, you know what, we're hard up for cash, sell it, you know, tear it down. Right. Um, we've had discussions like that in the past where folks wanted to sell off parkland or, um, other, you know, to keep the city funded. Um, and we've, at least the commission, a majority of the commission that I've been a part of, um, that's not something we're interested in. You know, we'll make the case to uh, find the funding to keep our identity alive and not, you know, sell some of our greatest assets. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that um, as you know, some of the things that you see in the neighborhoods, you see a lot of interesting architecture going up, uh, which is good. And I think even, I mean, on my street alone, I was telling you, we have houses from 1918 to 1950 and they're all right. different. So we're kind of fortunate in that regard where we don't have this cookie cutter community. Right. All our neighborhoods are unique and even within the neighborhoods, they're very unique. That's great. Hey, I have a rapid fire session to do with Michael now and, and uh, got a few questions and just first thing that comes to mind for you. So favorite restaurant? Oh my goodness gracious. Um, you know what? I, I mean, 
I like the Village Grill on 11 Mile right near my house. Uh, there you go, local. It's local. It, they do an amazing job there. Um, and it's very, I mean, for a family of five, it's very affordable. We have so many great options, but if I had to pick one that uh, sticks out, that's a great place. That's great. Favorite last sport that you watched? Soccer. Soccer. Nice. Yeah. I like that. And that wasn't professional soccer. No, no, no. It was uh, youth soccer. Youth soccer. I love uh, that. <laughs> this guy, he, he works in the auto industry on the supply side. He's the mayor and he's also a committed father. I don't know anybody else doing that many right things together. That's terrific. What about the last book that you remember reading? Oh my goodness. I don't have the title of it, but um, it dealt with how to um, listen to what people are saying. Uh, so I'm in a sales role now, and it, it was written by a, a, a FBI agent and a CIA agent, and really picking up on human cues. So it was no, nothing uh, <laughs> cool. I like that. Uh, really extraordinary other than a, more of a self-help book on um, picking up cues. And two more questions. Favorite vacation spot? Uh, my, when, you're, when you're not in Royal Oak. When I'm not in Royal Oak, uh, my family and I like to go up to Traverse City. Beautiful. Um, you know, I have my in-laws live up there and it's really low key. You know, yeah. young kids, we can just sit on the beach. We can go for a hike. Um, so much to do. It's beautiful up there. Um, last question I have for you, Michael, in the rapid fire session is what bit of advice would you tell your past self 20 years ago now where you are now? What would you, what would you have told yourself 20 years ago? Huh? I was just having this conversation with my wife. Okay. Don't buy those new cars. <laughs> Put it all in a 401k. Um, you know, I think that I probably would have got married sooner. Um, I have regrets. I love my wife so much that, you know, we just, between school and working and going to grad school, we just got into a comfortable place. Um, I think that's probably the one point of advice I would have given myself is like, why wouldn't you have just married earlier? You know? Wow. So my not to say she would have accepted earlier, but right. you know, I, maybe I would have asked 10 more times earlier. So for the listeners out there, I want to tell you that um, Michael Fournier, auto supplier, mayor of Royal Oak, a guy that's doing the right thing, putting his best foot forward every day. This was not a put on. This is a real guy. I think we need more people like this in our community. You need to be friends with more people like this. He's doing the right thing day in and day out. I've enjoyed so much talking to him today. I've learned a ton about him and about how I want to conduct myself going forward. I hope you have too. Michael, thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Danny. All Thank right. you for making me feel interesting. All right. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Put Your Right Foot Forward podcast. Remember, when you see the door of opportunity to do the right thing, walk through it. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your episodes. Thanks for listening and have an amazing day.